Story number 14 of The Toys of Peace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Toys of Peace. Short Stories by Saki. Quail Seed. The outlook is not encouraging for us smaller businesses said Mr. Scarrick to the artist and his sister, who had taken rooms over his suburban grocery store. These big concerns are offering all sorts of attractions to the shopping public, which we couldn't afford to imitate even on a small scale. Reading rooms and playrooms and gramophones and heaven knows what. People don't care to buy half a pound of sugar nowadays unless they can listen to Harry Lauder and have the latest Australian cricket scores ticked off before their eyes. With the big Christmas stock we've got in, we ought to keep half a dozen assistants hard at work. But as it is, my nephew Jimmy and myself can pretty well attend to it ourselves. It's a nice stock of goods, too, if only I could run it off in a few weeks' time— but there's no chance of that, not unless the London line was to get snowed up for a fortnight before Christmas. I did have a sort of idea of engaging Miss Lufcombe to give recitations during afternoons. She made a great hit at the post office entertainment with her reading of Little Beatrice's Resolve. Anything less likely to make your shop a fashionable shopping center I can't imagine said the artist, with a very genuine shudder. If I were trying to decide between the merits of Carlsbad plums and confected figs as a winter dessert, it would infuriate me to have my train of thought entangled with little Beatrice's resolve to be an angel of light or a girl scout. No, he continued, the desire to get something thrown in for nothing is a ruling passion with the feminine shopper, but you can't afford to pander effectively to it. Why not appeal to another instinct, which dominates not only the woman shopper, but the male shopper, in fact, the entire human race? What is that instinct, sir? said the grocer. Mrs. Grayes and Miss Fritton had missed the 218 to town, and as there was not another train until 312, they thought they might as well make their grocery purchases at Scarrick's. It would not be sensational, they agreed, but it would still be shopping. For some minutes they had the shop almost to themselves, as far as customers were concerned, but while they were debating the respective virtues and blemishes of two competing brands of anchovy paste, they were startled by an order given across the counter for six pomegranates and a packet of quail seed. Neither commodity was in general demand in that neighborhood. Equally unusual was the style and appearance of the customer, about sixteen years old, with dark olive skin, large dusky eyes, and thick, low-growing, blue-black hair. He might have made his living as an artist's model. As a matter of fact, he did. 
the bowl of beaten brass that he produced for the reception of his purchases was distinctly the most astonishing variation on the string bag or marketing basket of suburban civilization that his fellow shoppers had ever seen he threw a gold piece apparently of some exotic currency across the counter and did not seem disposed to wait for any change that might be forthcoming the wine and figs were not paid for yesterday he said keep what is over of the money for our future purchases a very strange-looking boy said mrs grayus interrogatively to the grocer as soon as his customer had left a foreigner i believe said mr scarrick with a shortness that was entirely out of keeping with his usually communicative manner i wish for a pound and a half of the best coffee you have said an authoritative voice a moment or two later the speaker was a tall authoritative-looking man of rather outlandish aspect remarkable among other things for a full black beard worn in a style more in vogue in early assyria than in a london suburb of the present day has a dark-faced boy been here buying pomegranates he asked suddenly as the coffee was being weighed out to him the two ladies almost jumped on hearing the grocer reply with an unblushing negative we have a few pomegranates in stock he continued but there has been no demand for them my servant will fetch the coffee as usual said the purchaser producing a coin from a wonderful metalwork purse as an apparent afterthought he fired out the question have you perhaps any quail seed no said the grocer without hesitation we don't stock it what will he deny next asked mrs grayus under her breath what made it seem so much worse was the fact that mr scarrick had quite recently presided at a lecture on savonarola turning up the deep astrakhan collar of his long coat the stranger swept out of the shop with the air miss fritten afterwards described it of a satrap proroguing a sand rhyme whether such a pleasant function ever fell to a satrap's lot she was not quite certain but the simile faithfully conveyed her meaning to a large circle of acquaintances don't let's bother about the three twelve said mrs grayes let's go and talk this over at laura lipping's it's her day when the dark-faced boy arrived at the shop the next day with his brass marketing bowl there was quite a fair gathering of customers most of whom seemed to be spinning out their purchasing operations with the air of people who had very little to do with their time in a voice that was heard all over the shop perhaps because everybody was intently listening he asked for a pound of honey and a packet of quail seed more quail seed said miss fritten those quails must be voracious or else it isn't quail seed at all i believe it's opium and the bearded man is a detective said mrs grayes brilliantly i don't said laura lipping i'm sure it's something to do with the portuguese throne 
more likely to be a persian intrigue on behalf of the ex-shah said mrs fritton the bearded man belongs to the government party the quail seed is a countersign of course persia is almost next door to palestine and quails come into the old testament you know only as a miracle said her well-informed younger sister i've thought all along it was part of a love intrigue the boy who had so much interest and speculation centered on him was on the point of departing with his purchases when he was waylaid by jimmy the nephew apprentice who from his post at the cheese and bacon counter commanded a good view of the street we have some very fine jaffa oranges he said hurriedly pointing to a corner where they were stored behind a high rampart of biscuit tins there was evidently more in the remark than met the ear the boy flew at the oranges with the enthusiasm of a ferret finding a rabbit family at home after a long day of fruitless subterranean research almost at the same moment the bearded stranger walked into the shop and flung an order for a pound of dates and a tin of the best smyrnan halva across the counter the most adventurous housewife in the locality had never heard of halva but mr skerrick was apparently able to produce the best smyrna variety of it without a moment's hesitation we might be living in the arabian nights said miss fritton excitedly hush listen beseeched mrs grayes has the dark-faced boy of whom i spoke yesterday been here to-day asked the stranger we've had rather more people than usual in the shop to-day said mr skerrick but i can't recall a boy such as you describe mrs grayes and miss fritton looked round triumphantly at their friends it was of course deplorable that anyone should treat the truth as an article temporarily and excusably out of stock but they felt gratified that the vivid accounts they had given of mr skerrick's traffic in falsehoods should receive confirmation at first hand i shall never be able to believe what he tells me about the absence of coloring matter in the jam whispered an aunt of mrs grayes tragically the mysterious stranger took his departure laura lipping distinctly saw a snarl of baffled rage reveal itself behind his heavy moustache and upturned astrakhan collar after a cautious interval the seeker after oranges emerged from behind the biscuit tins having apparently failed to find any individual orange that satisfied his requirements he too took his departure and the shop was slowly emptied of its parcel and gossip-laden customers it was emily yorling's day and most of the shoppers made their way to her drawing-room to go directly from a shopping expedition to a tea-party was what was known locally as living in a whirl two extra assistants had been engaged for the following afternoon and their services were in brisk demand the shop was crowded people bought and bought and never seemed to get to the end of their lists mr skerrick had never had so little difficulty in persuading customers to embark on new experiences in grocery wares 
even those women whose purchases were of modest proportions dawdled over them as though they had brutal drunken husbands to go home to the afternoon had dragged uneventfully on and there was a distinct buzz of unpent excitement when a dark-eyed boy carrying a brass bowl entered the shop the excitement seemed to have communicated itself to mr scarrick abruptly deserting a lady who was making insincere inquiries about the home life of the bombay duck he intercepted the newcomer on his way to the accustomed counter and informed him amid a death-like hush that he had run out of quail seed the boy looked nervously round the shop and turned hesitatingly to go he was again intercepted this time by the nephew who darted out from behind his counter and said something about a better line of oranges the boy's hesitation vanished he almost scuttled into the obscurity of the orange corner there was an expectant turn of public attention towards the door and the tall bearded stranger made a really effective entrance the aunt of mrs greyes declared afterwards that she found herself subconsciously repeating the assyrian came down like a wolf on the fold under her breath and she was generally believed the newcomer too was stopped before he reached the counter but not by mr scarrick or his assistant a heavily veiled lady whom no one had hitherto noticed rose languidly from a seat and greeted him in a clear penetrating voice your excellency does his shopping himself she said i order things myself he explained i find it difficult to make my servants understand in a lower but still perfectly audible voice the veiled lady gave him a piece of casual information they have some excellent jaffa oranges here then with a tinkling laugh she passed out of the shop the man glared all around the shop and then fixing his eyes instinctively on the barrier of biscuit tins demanded loudly of the grocers have you perhaps some good jaffa oranges everyone expected an instant denial on the part of mr scarrick of any such possession before he could answer however the boy had broken forth from his sanctuary holding his empty brass bowl before him he passed out into the street his face was variously described afterwards as masked with studied indifference overspread with ghastly pallor and blazing with defiance some said that his teeth chattered others that he went out whistling the persian national hymn there was no mistaking however the effect produced by the encounter on the man who had seemed to force it if a rabid dog or a rattlesnake had suddenly thrust its companionship on him he could scarcely have displayed a greater excess of terror his air of authority and assertiveness had gone his masterful stride had given way to a furtive pacing to and fro as of an animal seeking an outlet for escape in a dazed perfunctory manner always with his eyes turning to watch the shop entrance 
he gave a few random orders which the grocer made a show of entering in his book now and then he walked out into the street looked anxiously in all directions and hurried back to keep up his pretense of shopping from one of these sorties he did not return he had dashed away into the dusk and neither he nor the dark-faced boy nor the veiled lady were seen again by the expectant crowds that continued to throng the scarrick establishment for days to come i can never thank you and your sister sufficiently said the grocer we enjoyed the fun of it said the artist modestly and as for the model it was a welcome variation on posing for hours for the lost helas at any rate said the grocer i insist on paying for the hire of the black beard end of quail seed